Share Care, helping you find experts, the top minds in health and medicine. It's Share Care Radio with Dr. Daria Long Gillespie on RadioMD.com. Hi, and welcome back to ShareCare Radio. This is Dr. Daria. We talk a lot about heart disease and healthcare. And in the U.S., we often think of it as an inevitable disease associated with aging. And so our next guest is going to tell us that that is actually not necessarily the case and that we can not only prevent future damage, we can reverse it. He's a general surgeon. He trained at Cleveland Clinic. He's a pioneer in heart-related nutrition research, and he's also a gold medal U.S. Olympic rower. You also may have heard of his book, Prevent and Reverse Heart Disease. He's Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn. Dr. Esselstyn, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, Daria, thank you for the kind invitation. Well, I have been a, you know, followed your work for a long, long time. And, you know, I first just want to know what got you into this research in the first place? Well, that could be a long story and it would be involving me. And I don't think that the, your audiences ought to be too involved or interested in what in my history so much as out of what I think it, uh, what our research showed us. But, but in a nutshell, uh, when I was chairman of our breast cancer task force, I was uh, increasingly disillusioned with the fact that for no matter how many women I was doing breast surgery, uh, I was doing absolutely nothing for the next unsuspecting victim. And this led to a bit of global research where it was apparent that there were many other nations that were uh, eating a simpler type of nutrition where breast cancer was 30 and 40 times less frequent than the United States. Well, the long and the short of it was uh, it seemed to me that we would get much more bang for the buck if we could look at the fact that uh, <clears throat> if we could show Americans how to eat to save themselves uh, from cardiovascular disease, uh, if they were eating to save their heart, then they would lessen the likelihood of developing the common Western cancers of breast, prostate, and colon. For example, mm-hmm. in the entire so nation, it's not of just Japan, for heart disease; it's for, it's for cancer as well. Entire nation of Japan. The grand total of prostate cancer cases was something like 18, which is mind-boggling. Yeah. And it was, uh, and by 1978, they were up to 137, which still pales in comparison to the 28,000 who will die this year of prostate cancer in this country. But that mm-hmm. all led me to feel that if we could get people to really eat to save their heart, that would be the easiest way to get them to eat a nutrition, which would be most likely to spare them from having cancer. Now, you mentioned Japan, and you know, one of the things you talk about is that you know, heart disease is not an inevitable factor of aging because you have other, show other populations that don't oh, have Oh, absolutely. For instance, if you were right now today, there are millions of people on the planet who will never have to see a cardiologist, who will never have to have bypass, who will never have to take statin drugs. Who are they? They are the, the Okinawans. They are the Papua Highlanders, they are the rural Chinese, they are the Central Africans, they are the Tarahumara Indians in northern Mexico. What's the common denominator? They all thrive on whole food, plant-based nutrition without oil. Mm-hmm. And so pretty tell pretty us tough more. for a kid to say who grew up on an Aberdeen Angus and dairy farm. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, a little bit different. So tell us, what does this diet entail? Well, whole food, plant-based nutrition, in in the sense that we uh, use it for uh, all of our patients who come to us who've had heart disease and they don't want to have another heart attack or they don't want to have another stent or they don't want to have their first bypass or they don't want to have their second bypass. 
Whole food plant-based nutrition consists of eating the foods that do not injure mm-hmm. the innermost lining of the artery. And I think this is a key piece of information for your audience to understand because mm-hmm. all experts in this disease would agree that where this disease has its inception, its beginning, its onset, is when we <clears throat> destroy the innermost layer of our artery, and that has mm-hmm. a name. It's called the endothelium. Yeah. And the endothelium manufactures an absolutely magic molecule of gas, nitric oxide, which has marvelous properties that protect us from ever developing in disease in our blood vessels. Mm-hmm. And the functions of nitric oxide are the following. One, it keeps all those cellular elements in our bloodstream flowing smoothly like Teflon rather than Velcro. It keeps them from getting sticky. Number two, nitric oxide is the strongest vessel dilator in the body. That is to say, when you climb stairs, the arteries to your heart, the arteries to your legs, they widen, they dilate. That's nitric oxide. Number three, nitric oxide protects the wall of the artery from becoming thickened, stiff, or inflamed. It protects us from getting high blood pressure or hypertension. Number four, and this is absolutely the key, a healthy, normal amount of nitric oxide protects us from ever developing blockages or plaque in our artery. So literally, everybody on the planet who has cardiovascular disease has their disease because they have so severely trashed, injured, and compromised the capacity of their endothelial cell to make nitric oxide, they don't have enough nitric oxide Mm -hmm. to protect themselves from developing this disease. Now, you're probably going to ask, what are the foods that every time they pass your lips, you absolutely injure your endothelial cell? I was going to ask, because I've never heard, aside from you, I hadn't heard somebody describe the cardiovascular disease origin in that way. So it's fascinating to really let our listeners understand it better. It's so so important, because once a listener understands it, they are going to really be able to uh, become empowered as the Mm -hmm. locus of... So what do I need to avoid, then? So how do you you avoid it? You avoid the foods that every time they pass your lips, you injure your endothelial cells. Those foods are the following. Any drop of oil, olive oil, corn oil, soybean oil, safflower oil, sunflower oil, coconut oil, palm oil, oil in a cracker, oil in a piece of bread, oil in a salad dressing. Oil will injure the endothelial cell, as does anything with a mother or a face, meat, fish, chicken, turkey, and anything that's dairy, milk cream, butter, cheese, ice cream, yogurt, and any excesses of sugars such as maple syrup, molasses, and honey. And uh, for me, Mm -hmm. this includes caffeine in in coffee. Uh, And we've published our results of treating these patients. Initially, our first report was in 1995, then with a small number, but some very dramatic and a very exciting reversal of the disease in their angiogram, that is the picture of their arteries. Mm -hmm. And then we did a larger study of some 200 that we reported in the Journal of Family Practice in July of 2014. And you can find these if you're interested on my website, Mm dressolston.com. And it's fascinating, the results you got of reversal. 
I, and I want to get into that. I want to just back up a little bit, though, for all of our listeners, because right now a very popular idea is the Mediterranean diet, but that includes olive oils. And you are saying no oil at all, which is a big difference. Tell us why we should avoid it and what's the difference it makes. Well, in the, t- the two studies that are best known for uh, Mediterranean diet, uh, you, you are able to perhaps slow the rate of progression and they both showed that. One was the so-called Lyon heart study uh, out of Lyon, France, where they had a Mediterranean diet. They compared it to the American diet. The American diet was so horrible that mm-hmm. uh, they kind of stopped the study, but they've continued to follow those mm-hmm. persons who had had heart disease who were eating the, American, the uh, Mediterranean diet. And the Mediterranean diet, uh, really, at the end of four years, uh, 25% of those on the Mediterranean diet uh, who had didn't done better than the American diet, uh, 25% of them had either died or had a heart attack or stroke. And mm-hmm. that, to me, is really just slowing the rate of disease progression. That is not halting and reversing disease. Remember, what I said earlier in the program is that there are millions of people on the planet today who will never have heart disease. Not one of those groups is eating the Mediterranean diet, okay, for oil. Mm -hmm. Now, the other Mediterranean diet was a large one reported with great fanfare uh, in the uh, New England Journal of Medicine in February of 2013. And this was several thousand people from Spain who had absolutely no cardiovascular disease at the start of the study. And they were put on three different nutrition programs. One was the Mediterranean diet with oil, one was the Mediterranean diet with nuts, and the other was the so-called low-fat diet, which they initially started at 39%. That is extremely high-fat. The Mm -hmm. high-fat American diet is 33 to 34%. So at the end of five years, what they found was that there were scores of patients in all three of those dietary groups that had died or had heart attack, or had stroke. So all three of those were miserable diets. And when I was asked Mm -hmm. by the reporter from the New York Times, my comment on this study, which the title of it was The Prevention of Cardiovascular Disease uh, with the Mediterranean Diet. And I said, you've absolutely got the title completely wrong. Since Mm -hmm. these people did not have cardiovascular disease at the start, the title should be correctly The Creation of Cardiovascular Disease with the Mediterranean diet. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Okay, that's good. So Mediterranean, at best, like you said from the first day, it may slope. I also think it's amazing to point out that the U.S. diet, the Western diet, was so bad that they could not ethically continue the study with people in the U.S. diet arm. We have to point out, and that's what most of us are eating on a daily basis. So you say zero zero oil. So, for instance, give us an example of what you had for, for breakfast today. Well, I'm a great fan of old-fashioned oats. Mm-hmm. Never quick. Never quick. They're much, that's, that's, you're being cheated. Never quick oats. Always the uh, <clears throat> slow-cooking old-fashioned. Now, I don't particularly like to have it or take the time to make oatmeal. So I just mm-hmm. pour old-fashioned oats in a bowl. I'll add some raisins and a banana, 
and blueberries, raspberries, and strawberries. And then I may wet it down with some oat milk or some uh, unsweetened almond. And that is an absolute treasure house of phytonutrients and calories to really give me the energy to get the day going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, and it, in in a way that's also preventing heart disease. What age, you know, what do you tell people, like, what age do they start this diet? You know, do you advocate it for children, or do you have a modified one that's really healthier yeah, for children? Yeah, 10 grandchildren, all of which uh, have grown up with this diet. Yeah, as soon as they stop. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So it's something that you think at all ages, it's it's really great, especially yeah, if you What do you suppose the Papua Highlanders do? What do you suppose the Okinawans do? What do you suppose the rural Chinese do? They have a different special diet for their children? No. 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 no, that's a great point. And I also want, I stopped you earlier. I want to go back because you were talking about how this reverses uh, heart disease. I want our listeners to talk, to hear from you exactly why this is so important and how powerful following this diet is. Uh, the impact. Well, I, you mean uh, once we start treating patients who already have cardiovascular disease? Is yes, that what you're exactly. referring to? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that. <clears throat> The reason uh, there there are two there are several points to be made here. I think one is that you know we as a nation got absolutely tied up inextricably in knots, uh, worrying and worrying and worrying about the Ebola virus. There was one person yeah. who had the Ebola virus, and yet there were billions of dollars spent with hospitals and emergency rooms and ways to take care of all these patients. Do you know that in those two weeks while that was going on, the equivalent of two massive uh, 747 airliners full of passengers crashed? That's the equivalent Mm -hmm. of the number of people who died during that time of cardiovascular disease. And what do we think about Mm -hmm. that? You look, you sort of shrug your shoulders and say, well, that's kind of unfortunate. I mean, that's absurd. When you think about the fact that they are literally, there there is no heart disease with millions of people on the planet, and here we just have this country being absolutely devastated by a disease that is totally, I've often said that the truth be known, coronary artery heart disease is nothing more than a toothless paper tiger that need never, ever exist. And if it does exist, it need never, ever progress. This is a completely benign foodborne illness. Now, once you, the key to, to success with a patient who has cardiovascular disease <clears throat> is have, have them do this 100%. I don't have a nutritional program that's 90% or 95%, 100%. Mm-hmm. And many of our cardiovascular colleagues recognize our work. They don't ever dispute it because they recognize that it's absolutely rock-solid science. But they throw up their hands because they say, my patients won't do this. Well, now, right. wait a minute. thats uh, It's not that the message is wrong. It is how the message is articulated. If you're going to take somebody and ask them for a behavior change with food, because next to religion and sex, there's nothing as personal as your food. You cannot do this, giving them three or four minutes at the end of a six or eight minute office visit. That's never going to happen. And you have, <clears throat> of all things, uh, there's, you know, there's been a basic covenant, covenant of trust 
uh, between the caregiver and the patient since the days of Hippocrates that whenever possible, the caregiver is going to share with the patient what is the causation of their illness. And sadly mm-hmm. today in cardiovascular medicine, that's not being done. Mm-hmm. And You're right. It's reason that we succeed with 90%, our uh, compliance was actually 89.3, almost 90% of the patients that we've counseled were adherent over close mm-hmm. to four years. Why? Because we show the patient respect. How do you mm-hmm. show the patient respect? The only way that I know to really show a patient respect is to give them our time. And <clears throat> so several things happen, I think, that make it possible uh, to get this adherence that I talk about. One, we usually limit this uh, intensive counseling seminar that I conduct once a month at the Cleveland Clinic Wellness Institute. That is a five-and-a-half-hour counseling sem- uh, segment. Mm-hmm. About two weeks beforehand, my secretary will uh, send me a list of the uh, participants who are coming and their phone numbers, and then I personally call every one of them, because I really want to get my arms around their story and at the same time provide them with an opportunity to ask questions of me so that coming to the seminar, we have a strong platform from which we can all move forward. Yeah. And then, and Dr. Esselstyn, I want to find out from you, for all of our listeners, if they are interested in, in this intensive program, how can they learn about it or t- take part in it? Well, the person who does all the registration for this is my wonderful secretary, Jacqueline Fry, and her phone number is on my website, com. and Jackie is in charge of all the uh, registrations. But I wanted to just finish explaining what the seminar consists of. Okay. So then we start with this seminar of five and a half hours where these all these participants are going to learn exactly what they have done to create, create this disease in the first place, and precisely how it is that they will be empowered as the locus of control to halt and reverse this disease. And in addition, everybody is going to receive a very hefty notebook that has a copy of every uh, <clears throat> one of my PowerPoint slides that I use during the uh, seminar and several of our scientific articles, plus a 44-page handout with many additional re- is that add to the mm-hmm. 240, which are in the two books that we provide. Then Dr. there's a marvelous, uh, there's a marvelous uh, presentation by a woman who's had 30 years' experience acquiring and preparing plant-based foods, dealing with reading ingredients, dealing with travel and restaurants. Wonderful, then, Dr. Esselstyn. I am going to have to. I have to. Okay, we're going to have to cut you off. This is fantastic. So I want all of our listeners to know where they can find you. So I want to repeat to all of our listeners: the website is Dr. Esselstyn E S S E L S T Y N dot com. Follow him on Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Esselstyn, and find his book, Prevent and Reverse Heart Disease. This is Dr. Daria, and you're listening to ShareCare Radio on RadioMD.com, where we help you be your healthiest you. Catch everything we talked about today on ShareCare.com backslash RadioMD, and follow me at Dr. Daria and at ShareCare, Inc. Thanks for listening, and stay well. Stay well.